What is up, everybody, and welcome to the year 2024. We are the Neon Belly Podcast, and we are your hosts, Nate, John, Brandon, and boys. This is our 2023 Neon Belly MMA Awards, Um, and like last year as well, as we move along, I will be quizzing you guys on some of the biggest headlines and fights from this past year. Uh, with a little fun stipulation that I will announce <laughs> right before we start. And finally, per usual, because we got some news. A um, lot of fights announcements since we talked last and just got some big Conor McGregor news. That's right. He has a date. John took 45 minutes to type up whatever he's going to say about this. Technically, it was 15. but No, it was not. I, t- I sent a message at 2 o'clock. I literally told John at 1.30... I was in the middle of finishing up my award stuff. Okay, John, why are you waiting until 30 minutes before we record to do all that other stuff? I would have been done with it, but then that Wait, got No, 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 too. now we're not. Yeah. No, no, we're no, getting no, off no. now. Now we're going I would have been fine. Okay, so I <laughs> sent it at 1.30. Right, and I was in the middle of typing out my stuff. Okay, why are you still typing your stuff out at 1.30? Because I did it after church. Okay, you could have done it last night. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just literally asking. This is called. I was doing wedding stuff last night. This, no, this that's more, called, that's more important than this. I think that, I think that response. It's no, a no. thousand percent more yeah, important no. than this. Yeah, and I, I mean, it just makes zero sense. And I know you watched church as well. So, right. I mean, you, you could. So you want me before. to? You want me to kind of do like a double thing? Well, hold on, hold like, on. Multitask. Church is at eleven. Eleven thirty. Eleven thirty. Over at twelve thirty. Uh-huh. So you had a whole hour there. Right. I was working on typing all no, this stuff. No, no, you were not. This is the lying John voice. <laughs> no, it gets a little high, a little shrill. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's yeah. a lying. That's a lying John voice. Forty-five minutes though it took him, regardless to type up. It was up. fifteen. But Connor McGregor off, news. Um, but yeah, so we are going to get your guys' thoughts and reactions on all of that. Um, obviously, this is episode one hundred and sixty-four of the Neon Belly Podcast, or as some people are calling it, the number of cards in the Tops Baseball Talk set episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. Um, apparently, there was a set of talking baseball cards released in 1989. They failed hard, yeah. immediately discontinued. Uh, but that is neither here nor there. Good to know there was 164 of them mm. in the set. Um, how are we doing, boys? New doing, year. Do, yeah, new, yeah, new year. Uh, so I guess we haven't met since Christmas, right? So we have not met, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like just kind of recovering from all the different holiday stuff. Oh, right? I am like, I, I so at the end of the year, so we get about, about 10 days off at the end of every year. It's about a week and a half, and I just go on a food bender. <laughs> it's like my time to like don't care what I eat, whatever, and like I obviously, well, tomorrow it's over tomorrow, um, and I'm just feeling it. It's mm. like, I'm starting to just not feel good. Mm. Uh, had like a big, we went to brunch this morning and like, I'm just like, that was like, after that, I was just like, mm. <laughs> what's, the, what's the top three things you ate over this break? Oh man. I don't know. A lot. I mean, dude, I, there's not much I haven't had. I feel like mm. Touch, I've touched about every country. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it and that you've been way. Land, sea, air. I've I mean, done it all, man. You've been it's time to, time to tighten it's, it up. It's, we're going to tighten yeah. it up. Yep. Time to go back to work. Time to get back to reality. But it's been fun. It's always fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun to go on a couple little weeks, about about 10 days, like I said. Mm-hmm. Just don't really care. But I'm feeling it. Um, anything, any good Christmas news from anybody? Good Christmas news. Anything, mm-hmm. get anything special? 
Dude, we do this game at my dad's. It's actually really fun. Yeah. And so what they do is, well, my, my stepmom is the one who kind of organizes the whole thing. You may have seen it. It's kind of like a minute challenge, but it's not a minute. It takes a long time. Uh-huh. She gets about four boxes of saran wrap, which okay. is the equivalent of around 800 yards. Okay. And she wraps. Oh, I've done And you put like money, just gift tons cards, of stuff, candy. Right? Yeah, 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 and, yeah. I've done and, that. And so you have a, a set of dice, uh, dice, mm-hmm. and so like one person starts unwrapping, and the next person is rolling dice trying to get doubles. Yeah. And then once you get doubles, you switch to the next person. And this year they introduced challenges. So like each round, you would have to like do it uh, behind your back, or do it with nice. your eyes closed, or wear oven mitts and do it. And just like it's just always like a lot of fun. And so nice. that was that was a good little time. I'm gonna next year drop a little nugget. I'm gonna get a hold of your family and do like the the little uh, cup challenge where you put it on your back and you got to twerk. Yeah, to or the, the Kleenex box <laughs> with the ball yeah, in it. Yeah, I want Brandon doing that one next. Oh, year. I like that stuff. <laughs> uh, little quick teaser, boys, for next week before we get into the episode. Um, so on these award shows, we typically um, in the year um, making our bold predictions for the next year in mixed martial arts, right? While also reviewing our predictions from last year um, and since next week we only have our picks and predictions for the first fight night of the year which is Magomed Ankalaya versus Johnny Walker I figured we'll shelve the predictions for next week and mm. just make it its own segment so we'll go back we'll, I don't even remember what mine were Oof. they're usually wrong spoiler yeah. alert yeah. like they're usually way <laughs> off. this is literally the hardest sport I think to predict Bone um, champion yeah I don't even remember I definitely what, think I had one of those I, like I don't even know what we said um, it does seem like I remember one of them was like one champion that will not be champion um, by the end of next year. I feel like we all said, you said Aljo, because I remember one of us was like, one of them was like the low-hanging fruit, and yeah, it, was I think Aljo. it was Aljo. So you did get that right. I'm pretty sure that was yours, because I was going to do it too, and then I was like, well, I want to go something different. Yeah. I don't remember who I went. I think I went heavyweight, though, mm. which, again, wouldn't be wrong. I might have went like Islam just because he had Charles coming up and yeah, you know, some other people. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit it, and then we're also going to make some new predictions. We'll have some fun. I might just do some like, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's going to be fun to do next week. I figured it'd be better as a whole segment, plus give us a little bit more um, uh, for next week. And with that, let's see... Any more things? I think that's about all we got. Were you going to say something? No, I was going to fill the space with you sitting there finding what you were finding. What were you going to say? Nothing. I was just going to start making noises. You're just going to start breathing? Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. do John. Uh, yeah. Sniffing. Speaking of John, for the first time of 2024, John, rate, sub, follow, let the people know what we need him to do every day this year. Well, you've heard it 164 times and you're going to hear it again. It's true. Talk baseball. Uh, you know, if you guys are listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can give us five stars. It helps us out a lot. Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review. That also does a lot for us as far as the algorithms go. On social media, Neon Belly Podcast, that's Instagram, that's YouTube, that's TikTok. Um, come come there with us. There's a lot of good conversations that happens in the comments. You can tell Brandon he's wrong. Uh, whatever you want to do there. Uh, we're also on X on Neon Belly Pod. So stay tuned we got a lot of stuff we want to do this year and uh, we want you guys to be a part of it absolutely with that boys let us dive in to our neon belly 2023 mma awards um we mention this every year it is important to know um our awards are obviously very uh ufc centric i guess you can say but we do try to consider to look and look outside to other promotions as you'll see we do have some nominees from other promotions in here um but we just value doing things on the biggest stage a little bit more heavily as i feel like we should right because like Think about football, right? I mean, there is no other league that competes with the NFL for the most part, but UFC is kind of the same way. Like, right. 
there is other big promotions, promotions, and great fighters and other promotions. But everybody knows what the NFL is, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's almost a lot like baseball too, because you do have like college that you can look yeah. to. But baseball, you're not seeing double A highlights. You're right. really only seeing the baseball. And that's stuff. not to say that some of these fighters and other promotions aren't just as good, if not better, than mm-hmm. some of these people. But to go out and do it on the biggest stage, that has to mean something a little bit more important. Um, so we do call it the MMA Awards uh, because it's open to all. But we also uh, understand. Um, it almost just could be the UFC awards. <laughs> um, so I said at the beginning, there's going to be a little stipulation on the game. So as we move through these, you know, we'll do a category or two. Um, and then I'm going to give you guys a trivia question or two. Um, but here's a stipulation we're going to do this year uh, because I want I want some blood. I want you guys <laughs> to take this serious. Winner of this game is going to get three points towards our mm. picks challenge off the top. So you are going to start the year in first place off top. Mm. Um, I Yeah, but since you guys are twisted sisters and you like to tie a lot, if you tie, <laughs> I get the three points. Okay. Playing the numbers game. I I'm see playing, what you did there. So we're playing. Yeah, I have to find a way. I had to find a way for me to win in this. You need to get something out of it. I got, I got yeah, I was like, I need to be involved because I can't just give one of you guys three free points. But um, if you guys tie, so... Um, if Don't tie. If it gets down to it. Yeah, maybe if I... Yeah. Be like, hey, bro, Rochambeau. <laughs> but if it comes down to it and you guys are split, it might be better just to take your chance to get those first three points mm-hmm. of the year. Part of me just wants to gift them to John. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> he's going to need them. Yeah. Uh, I, got the, I got the eight ball this year. You guys are screwed. That is true. That is very true. Well, let's dive into it, boys. Um, and we are going to jump right into our first award we're giving out. And this is a new category for us. And that is... MMA event of the year. Um, we base this off a couple different things, including matchmaking, uh, the fights themselves. So, like, how good were the fights on the card, like when they played out? Um, we also looked at star power on the card because obviously bigger names usually mean bigger fights, bigger events. Um, and we also did slightly consider the crowds because that can help make fights feel bigger, better. It makes the event even watching more enjoyable. Um, so, our nominees for the 2023 event of the year are. UFC 283 um, in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. That card, I think it was the first pay-per-view of the year. It was mm-hmm. main evented by Glover Teixeira versus Jamal Hill and had Davison Figueiredo versus Brandon Moreno 4 as the co-main. The next nominee, UFC 284 from Perth, Australia, and that featured a main event super fight between Islam Mahakchev and Alexander Volkanovsky, and also the interim title co-main between Yair Rodriguez hey. versus Josh Emmett. Our next nominee, UFC 285, which took place in Las Vegas, Nevada, and was main evented for the heavyweight title between John Jones and Surreal Gone, and it was co-main by Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso, with Grasso pulling off one of the biggest upsets of the year, and uh, John Jones maybe shocking the world a bit as well there uh, with how quick and easily he dismantled Surreal Gone. Our next nominee, UFC 287, took place in Miami, Florida. It was Izzy's big redemption over Alex Pedeta. What a moment in the main event with Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Masvidal in the co-main. Um, and I think specifically the crowd for this fight really stands out to me. That Miami crowd mm. was electric. Um, what it had been, like 10 or 12 years, 15 years mm-hmm. since they had been there or something, maybe more. And they made it worth it. You did an article on it. it I did. I did. Our very last nominee for event of the year, boys, UFC 290, which was from Las Vegas, Nevada. Main evented by Alexander Volkanovsky versus Yai Rodriguez and Alexandre Pantoja defeating Brandon Moreno in the co-main event. What a performance by Alexandre Pantoja. 
And our winner, boys, for event of the year was UFC 285, uh, the John Jones Surreal Gone main event, obviously co-mainted by Valentina Shevchenko and Alex Garasso. What a moment again. Then you had Shavkat Rachmanov's third-round submission over Jeff Neal, Matej Gamrot versus Jalen Turner. What a fight that was as well. And then Bo Nickel kicked off the main card, defeating Jamie Pickett. Just kind of had it all, man. You know, mm-hmm. the the stacked. I don't really specifically remember this crowd per se, um, but you're talking two title fights, obviously, which is always tough to beat. Um, star power galore. Um, and then obviously Bo kicking the card off. So, yes, that was our event of the year. And what a run there. Yeah. 283, oh, yeah. 84, and 85. I mean, and then you're only skipping one to get to yeah. 80s like that. There was a, you know, a 10. 10 yep. event thing there where there's two months where it's just like, man, but the rest of it was literally that's just how spoiled we were as fans. You also, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, for me, when I look at any card, like any upcoming card, I think about each fight on the main typically, mm-hmm. and I like get going zero to 10 on how much I'm looking forward to it. 10 being the most, sure. mean not at all. And, like, looking at those picks, that was the one card where every fight on the card I was at least an eight, like an 8.2. Oh. So definitely. Oh, we can keep going. I mean, yeah, the prelims, uh, which were on ESPN, you had Cody Garbrandt versus Trevin Jones. Drikas Duplacy defeated Derek Brunson. Amanda Hebos beat Viviani Ariujo. Um, Marc-Andre Burial defeating uh, Julian Marquez. That was a fun one. Ian Gary versus Song Kanan was on the early cards. Cody Same. I mean, just littered um, with names as we move down here. Um, so what a, uh, yeah, what a performance, or uh, excuse me, what a card that was. And a performance, all the fights delivered. Uh, so kind of an easier lock there. Um, the UFC, which one? The Perth. That was a tough one. The Volk Islam. Because mm-hmm. the crowd was so good for that mm-hmm. one, um, obviously. And then, you know, if we did crowd of the year, I told you last night, it might have been that France card. Yeah. Um, but just didn't really have the star. You know, kind of, it was just a fight night, right? Mm-hmm. So, but man, you throw a title on that thing, that that easily could have locked it up. Our next category, boys, we're going to jump right into it, and then we're going to get to our first set of trivia questions but before we do we're going to hand out coach of the year and our nominees are eric nixick uh, of extreme couture can't go through everybody this guy coached and held but obviously sean strickland francis Ngannou, you yeah. know was a part of that camp um half the middleweight division yeah i mean this guy coaches so many people kind of hard to you know name them all uh then we had dave lavelle team renegade obviously leon edwards head coach um, you know, you had the the don't let him bully your son last year, uh, which, you know, what a moment that was. But coaching Leon here to another win at the end of the year over uh, Colby Covington. What a moment. Then uh, Pineo Cruz of Cruz MMA, um, Alex Pereira and Glover Teixeira's head coach. Pineo Cruz, man, I mean, what he's done with Alex Pereira, that's coaching, son. Like, mm. that's, that is what coaching is, epitomizes it. Um, and Alex, what he's done there just shows how good of a coach he is. Next nominee is Tim Welch of Red Hawk Academy, Sean O'Malley's coach. Again, another guy who has just invested in somebody in Sean O'Malley for so many years. They've stayed loyal to each other. Awesome story. Really cool that they were able to win a belt together. Mm-hmm. And our final nominee, Francisco Grasso, the dad, father, I mean, of Alexa Grasso from Lobo Gym. Obviously training Alexa Grasso. Irene Aldana, two women right there who fought for world titles. One, one, one winning that. And Diego Lopez who just bursted onto the scene this year. Obviously he was also very instrumental in uh, Brandon Moreno's career early on. 
Tijuana when he was still training there mm-hmm. in Tijuana. Um, and, but really that whole Mexican stable that they're building there at Lobo, just fantastic. Um, I, this was one that was really tough to go with, but in the end we did decide our 2023 coach of the year is Eric Nixick of Extreme yeah. Couture. Um, really for me, this was a three man race between, uh, Pineo Cruz, Francisco Garasso and Eric Nixick. I mean, again, when you talk about coaching, right? Like these guys are coaches, right? I mean, and I mean, all of them are right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, there's proof at least from this past year specifically, I feel like where we can pinpoint and Tim Welch as well with Sean O'Malley, but mm-hmm. like there's some serious coaching going on here. Yeah. Just brilliant minds in the sport. But I just think Eric Nixick is one of the just best minds in MMA right now. Yeah. I mean, even just the, I mean, obviously the rise of Strickland, the rise of some of the other fighters, but then, like you said, the Francis stuff, yes. like to play a, a pivotal role in him doing something that, you know, we thought was just going to be a breeze through. And mm-hmm. now he's like kind of really shook up the whole thing. Um, you just have to give him all the credit in the world. Well, man. yeah. And then to see somebody like Edmund Shabazian go there, right. And then win his first fight or second fight under him. And it's like, again, that's growth, man. Like that's mm-hmm. somebody coming, uh, training under a coach. I mean, but dude, that stable there is massive. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost unfair. Maybe you could call it to give him that that fight or that award um, based off of you know, kind of puts him in there automatically. But we've but, seen teams that have a lot of good fighters and they don't necessarily perform. Hey, man. I mean, I know John cover your ears, but you know, like look at City Kickboxing, right? Not a great year for City Kickboxing. Yeah. You know, I don't think that makes Eugene Behrman a bad coach mm-hmm. by any means. It just didn't get shown in the the cage this year. You know, I'm a big Mark Montoya, Factory X guy. They were kind of up and down this year, man. Mm-hmm. It's hard to just, again, I know that has nothing to do with these coaches in terms of, you know, it just didn't play out the way yeah, they They can only it. do so much. Yeah, I mean. so that's, again, we just have to go off of what we saw. Um, and I think Eric Nixick locked mm-hmm. it up for sure there. So there it is, uh, Coach of the Year, Eric Nixick, Card of the Year, UFC 285. And we are going to jump into our first Trivia questions of 2023, boys. Um, We're going to start with what is a bit of a two-parter. The first one is, of the UFC's 12 divisions, how many of them saw the title change hands or relinquished in 2023? And I'm not looking for how many times did the titles change hands or were relinquished, just in how many divisions did this happen? You said there's a total of 12? There is 12 UFC divisions. How many divisions saw a title change hands or relinquished in 2023? I will give multiple choice on this. Okay. A5, B6, C7, or D8? Just threw off my counting. Hang on. Sorry. Of the UFC's 12 divisions, how many of them saw the title change hands or relinquished in 2023, A5, B6, C7, or D8. Flip them around. John said seven. Brandon said eight. And Brandon got it right. It was eight. I originally wrote D and I backed Can you name them, Brandon? Oh, geez. Uh, so two of the women's division, 25 changed hands, 35 changed hands, 45 did not. It was I, relinquished, though. Okay, and then I would uh, seventy did, eighty five did, two hundred five did, and then heavyweight did. That was when I went through my head. So and I, men's bantamweight. Men's okay, men's bantamweight. I, I knew one. it's at least eight. I'm like, I, 
Yes, it was heavyweight, light heavyweight, middleweight, men's bantamweight, men's flyweight, women's flyweight, women's bantamweight, and women's featherweight. And how nuts is it, boys, that we are sitting here heading into 2024 and there is not a women's bantamweight champion? I say it all the time. Like, imagine if the men's bantamweight title sat vacant this long. We would be losing our minds. (laughs) But yet they want us to, like, care about women's fighting. And I'm not saying that that means we shouldn't by any means. It's not the women in that division's problem. But put a dang fight together. Yeah. Well, those, literally anybody. Well, those yeah. ladder divisions are doing their thing. They're putting together good fighters and uh, contenders. They just have nothing for dude, if, if I was a 135-pound uh, female fighter, I would be losing my mind right now. Like, yeah. put me in there. I, I, it doesn't yeah. matter. You're mm-hmm. waiting for Juliana Pena. She can get her shot whenever. Just give somebody that belt. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It's crazy to me. Um, next question. I said it was a bit of a two-parter, um, but excluding interim titles, Three of those divisions saw title change. The title change hands twice this year. What were those three divisions? So, of those eight divisions, three of them saw the title change hands twice this year. What were those three divisions? That was the most as well. Three of them changed hands twice in the year 2023. Might be the most ever. Be interested to know. Somebody smarter than me might be able to figure that out. We can go initials here. We don't need to go the full word. I just wrote the weights. The weights? That's fine. I'll take weights, John. I don't know about this last one. All right. Let's see. We will start with John, who said middleweight, light heavy, women's fly. John is wrong. And Brandon is also wrong. Yes, are, you are wrong, Braden. What are they? It is light heavyweight, middleweight, and men's flyweight. Oh, man. If I just put a pound oh, instead of a one. W. Yeah. Should have just put flyweight. Yep. I knew it was a smaller weight. Jamal, Jamal relinquished. Um, and, and then um, in middleweight, obviously, Izzy lost. And then um, ah, Izzy lost it. Oh, and then Strickland. Yeah. Izzy took it from Pineda and then Strickland. And then men's flyweight Miranda uh, Moreno took it from Figgy. And then um, uh, Pantoja. Pantoja. Yep. Mm. All righty. With that performance of the year, boys, um, this award, we give this award to the fighter who displayed what we deem as the most impressive and or dominant singular performance of the year. We also grade for uh, the entertainment of the fight and performance as well. And our nominees for 2023 performance of the year are... Jamal Hill for his lightweight title performance at UFC 283 over Glover Teixeira. Jessica Andrade for her performance over Lauren Murphy on the same card at UFC 283. Song Yidong for his performance against Ricky Simone at UFC on ESPN in April. Sergio Pettis' performance against Patricky Pitbull at Bellator 297. Zhang Wei Li's performance against Amanda Limoges at UFC 292. John Jones's performance against Sadil Ghan at UFC 285. And then Leon Edwards' performance against Colby Covington at UFC 296. And our last nominee was Sean Strickland's performance over Israel Adesanya at UFC 293. Um, and the winner, and the reason we went with this again, we, hits everything. Impressive, dominant, entertaining was Jamal Hill for his light heavyweight title performance at UFC 283 over Glover. 
Teixeira, the man locked it up, first pay-per-view of the year. Yeah, it was, and even the circumstances to lead to him getting in that fight, like, there was so much yes. stuff going on with great it. Great moment, great moment. I honestly, almost second here is, like, Sergio Pettis. I know, again, I'm getting back to, like, you know, the whole thing about being heavy on the UFC side of things. Um, man, Sergio Pettis's performance over Patricky, that was just mm. impressive for mm-hmm. him to come in and blow through him like that. Um Almost added Pantoja over Moreno, but that fight was still a little back. And, like, you know, it was so impressive just that he gutted through it, I think, more Mm -hmm, than anything. Uh, But, yeah, the way, like I said, Jamal Hill just encapsulated everything that we want from that award. And then with that, boys, we are right back into two more trivia questions. With right now, Brandon has one, John has zero, one nil. For next question, boys, when Amanda Nunes retired at UFC 289, she became the first fighter to retire as a double champ and just the third fighter to retire as a champion. Who are the other two names on that elite list of fighters who retired as a champion? Bit of an easier one here. Flip them around. Brandon got it right. And I don't think that's right. No. John got it wrong. Oh. It was George, St. Pierre, and Habib. Mm. Nurmagomedov. John said GSP and DC for the record. Nope. It was GSP and Habibi. So that is 2-0. Boy, John, I need you to tie this at least. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to get on the board here. I think John will get on the board here. Who became the first collegiate athlete to sign an NIL deal with the UFC? I remember if I remember her first name. All the way back in January, they announced their first ever. I don't know if I remember her first name. That's something I don't know. Need first and last. It's only fair. I'm guessing here. Need first and last. It's too easy to go last here. Got to make it somewhat hard. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> the answer was Bella Mir. Bella. Uh, Brandon went Rebecca. Rebecca Mir and John went Amanda Mir. <laughs> uh, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to give you guys a point. That's just so bad. <laughs> I was like, you know what? You got the last name. No, 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 no. Wait, <laughs> Rebecca and Amanda. They're not even close. And maybe if like one of you. Bella, said, Rebecca, you think that's close at all? No, no. Uh, like if you would have said Becky and then John mm. was like Brooke, like I would have been like, you know what? You guys were close. But that, uh, that tells me you had no idea. Yeah, no, not at <laughs> all. That's fair enough. <laughs> Let us get to our next award, boys. And this award is for our 2023 uh, submission of the year and let me say folks this was a bit of a controversial one um, so much so that it came down to us not being able to decide had to default it to the one and only Jacob Herlock so with that Brandon take it away all right for our submission of the year we are looking at specific submissions within a fight and we kind of base it off of the uniqueness of the submission uh the difficulty in terms of how difficult it is to pull it off compared to others and the kind of overall shock value of the submission in that moment so our nominees for this category are davy grant by inverted triangle luis gilsman by Inverted Omoplata, and then Shavkat Rachmanov by Bulldog Choke, Karina Silva by Knee Bar, Nazim Sadikov by Rear Naked Choke, Alexa Grasso by Rear Naked Choke, John Jones with his Guillotine Choke, and Yair Rodriguez by Triangle. And with that, our winner of the 2023 Submission of the Year is 
Shafkat Rachmana by Bulldog Joe. No, it wasn't. Was it not? <laughs> it was Davy Grant. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I highlighted the wrong, I highlighted the wrong <laughs> one. <laughs> you know, I didn't film this episode, and now I wish I did. <laughs> Dang it. So it's Davy Grant <laughs> by Inverted Triangle. <laughs> well, what's funny is... I don't know how I did that. Uh, well, the way we got to the tiebreaker, that he wasn't even the two that we were trying yeah. to break through. Yeah, and it was then, Gleesman and... Um, Davy Grant. Or uh, in Shavkot, and then Wilson yeah. and um, Jacob brought in Davy. So, yeah, so Jacob's, yeah, so he was very impressed with the Oma Plata. Off top, I was like, well, his reaction to that, I was like, okay, this is the one he's going to pick. Then he watched the Davy Grant, he's like, well, he put him to sleep. That's going to be tough to beat. He had to eliminate Shavkot off of those two, which I agree. I think in terms of just technical submission, like, because like I told you, like, Shavkot's wasn't the most impressive, wildly technical thing. Not, I mean, a standing one's pretty rare. Like, you don't see it every mm-hmm. day. But it was just more the swagger and, like, just the mm-hmm. dominance. Like, it was just like, okay, I'm ready to be done. Well, to have the gall to just be like, nah. I'll yeah, just- <laughs> absolutely. But then you go watch those Davey Grant and the inverted Omoplata from uh, Glisman. It's just like, ugh. Those are just so good. And, like, I think for Jacob, what it just came down to is the opposition in which you're doing it, too. Mm-hmm. And he even said, like, he really thinks Rafael Sunsal is a really tough guy, especially to do something like that, too. Um, and he looked at Glisman's opponent. I can't remember how to say his name. It was kind of a long one. He's like, he's just kind of a mid-level pro, you know. So right. that's why it went to Wavy Davy Grant, not Shavkat Rahmanov. Cannot wait for Brandon's next category. To be, to be <laughs> fair, I don't think we ever explicitly stated anywhere in here. Well, I said, and, I, and I'll give you that. So what I said is we will leave it to Jacob, and then I did say he picked Davy Grant. You said he's leaning Davy Grant, and then you never followed up. I thought he said that. I thought I said it. Sorry, that's fine. It's not a big deal. There's no way it happens twice, or it will, and it'll be great. Well, well now I'm nervous. <laughs> like, I <laughs> messed that up. <laughs> Let's get to our next questions, boys. Back in February, Laura Sanko became the first woman under the Zufa UFC era and just the second woman in UFC history to do what? Laura Sanko, first woman under the UFC Zufa banner and the second woman in UFC history to do what? I wonder if this is too broad. I don't know. Let's see what John's got. I will accept that answer. Uh, Brandon said fight. And what's that say? Announce slash commentate. I have no idea. <laughs> no. Well, I have no idea. I'm going to say no to that. Okay. So she, she was the first woman under Zufa to commentate a UFC event. Uh, she did not fight along with it. <laughs> and John said broadcast. I will take that. I think that's fair. Um, so yeah, she was the first woman under Zufa to commentate second history. Although the first lady, I feel like is a bit like questionable. Like I think eh. I just heard two and I was like two things. <laughs> How many points do you have? It one. is one to two. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so John could get back this. I feel like this is John's question. Every time you say that. No, though. I feel like this is John. If anybody's going to get it in Francis Ngannou's boxing debut against Tyson Fury, what round did Ngannou score a knockdown against Fury? I believe it was the only knockdown of the fight as well. For either man. I'm, I'm between two here. I'll give you multiple choice. Okay. It, A, two. B, three. C, fourth. And D, fifth round. K, 
Can you say him again? Well, I'm just going to put the round. Okay, Francis Ngannou's... Yeah, yeah, you don't have to put A, B, or C. Uh, Francis Ngannou's boxing debut against Tyson Fury. What round did Ngannou score the knockdown? The second, third, fourth, or fifth? Brandon said second. John said fourth. It was the third round. Oh. <laughs> I was between three and four. I was, I was between two and four. I had no idea. Uh, it was the third round that he scored the knockdown. <laughs> yeah, I was between um, three and four, and I couldn't... Uh, let us get to our next award. award, award. <laughs> Let's get to our next award. Knockout of the year. This was another big one. Um, man, we had to really just weed this thing down until we finally landed on our one. Right. What do you got, John? Okay, uh, knockout of the year. Probably one of the hardest categories to narrow down for nominees, let alone choosing who wins. So uh, our knockout of the year nominees are Diego Fajeda against Michael Johnson, uh, Ishmael Bonfim against Terrence McKinney, Lorenz Larkin against Mohamed Berkamov, uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's just a great way to say that name. Berkamoff. <laughs> whatever. Uh, Israel Adesanya against Alex Pajeda. Edson Barbosa against Billy Q. Patchy Mix against Raytheon Stotts. Um, Matt Brown against Court McGee. Christoph uh, Glavitsky. Knockout from bottom out because I couldn't figure out how to mm-hmm. say the guy he knocked out's name. Uh, Manuel Torres against Nicholas Mota. Uh, Sadabu Sai against Shane Mitchell. Justin Gaethje against Dustin Poirier. Sean O'Malley against Aljamain Sterling. Josh Emmett against uh, Bryce Mitchell. Islam Mahakchev against Alexander Volkanovsky. Wow, and, what a list. Yeah, I, I mean... I mean, how do you decide? Like, that that's like, that just tells you right there. Like, this was so tough. But well, go. like, but even like a look behind the curtain, we took that list and brought it down to four. Because, we just had to keep, yeah, you had to keep like narrowing it Yeah, it, it would have been so hard. And the winner of the 2023 KOB, KO of the year, goes to Israel Adesanya over Alex Pajeda. Yeah, this one just kind of, you know, like we... Because once you get it narrowed down, you got to start nitpicking, right? Mm-hmm. And so we were even considering, like, you know, finally getting that big redemption win, the celebration, right? The mm-hmm. instant, instantly go into that celebration. Um, he was kind of getting teed off on, right? Mm-hmm. He was almost like kind of on the ropes a bit there. Um, so to find that kind of winning combination, and then, I mean, just what a clean, I think it was a left he caught him with. But it was just, two rights over and over. Yeah, but just to see. I mean, Potato was out. Mm-hmm. I mean, just fell. I mean, just just a good little sequence. I mean, the Gaethje Poirier one was tough to overlook. O'Malley's over a Sterling, won him a world title. I mean, another Josh Emmett, dude. Scariest, mm. yeah. What how you that? That knee from Patchy Mix right down the middle to Raytheon Stotts. Um, I mean, dude, the head kick, the head kick from Mahakchev over of uh, against Volk. That just because of the sheer shock. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. us being like the next day, like seeing Volk like that was just weird because mm-hmm. we have not seen Volk like yeah. that. And the fact that Islam did it with a head kick, bro. But um, Manuel Torres elbow, yeah, just oh sick. my gosh, sick. I mean, and Mota was out. Uh, but Diego Ferreira over my, I mean, that one against my, I mean, just so yeah. many good Barbosa knee on Billy Q, timed it out perfect. Yeah, yeah but the one that just had it all, man. And then again, you're looking at opposition. So how good is the person they're doing it against? How big was the fight? You know, that's where you almost got to give it to a title fight, right? Unless it's just absolutely absurd. Um, and it just, the Izzy one just kind of had it all for us. Mm-hmm. So uh, good, good knockout there. That was our knockout of the year i believe my notes got messed up we are going into another trivia yes ready for this one next set of questions and it is 2-1 brandon still with a lead um 2023 boys saw the retirements of three former ufc champions and amanda nunez robbie lawler in shogun hua true or false 
all three were simultaneously UFC champions in July of 2016. Mm, read the list off one more time. The, the people retired. Robbie Lawler, Amanda Nunes, and Shogun Hua. True or false? All three were simultaneously UFC champions in July of 2016. John said false. Brandon said false. It is false. Uh, Amanda and Robbie were both champions in July of 2016. Amanda won hers July 6th. Robbie losing his July 30th. Yeah, but Shogun was in 2011. Mm -hmm. And then John Jones Jones ran with it forever. Yeah, Yeah, but I thought maybe being super specific, I might trick you guys a little bit. Um, Well, I I was thinking because I I remember the Robbie Lawler fight, and I remember the Amanda, but I was trying to remember (laughs) when the – because also when you're putting on a time and you're trying to hurry up and yeah, finish yeah, it that's up, what, well, I thought being years kind of go in together. You're just yeah. Like, yeah, I guess if he got that specific. Another notable retirement in 2023 was the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung, who was the first man in UFC history with a twister finish, uh, submission twister finish, when he pulled it off against Leonard Garcia. True or false, boys? This fight was his UFC debut. True or false, the Korean Zombies twister win, the first in UFC history, was also his UFC debut. John said false. Brandon said false. It is true. Uh, The fight happened on March 26, 2011, and it was his debut fight after the UFC's purchase of WEC. I didn't know how the... That's what I was thinking is WEC, when did he get kind of into the mix and who it was against? Yeah, so 3-2, heading into the next category, which is fight of the year. Take it away, John. John, right? Yep. John? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. Let me pull it back up. All right. Um, fight of the year. Uh, for this category, we're looking at the best back and forth fights of the year. Um, none of these fights were one-sided or boring. Um, these are the fights that from 2023 that you show someone who's never watched MMA and you're trying to convert them into being a fan. That's a good point. Uh, so our fight of the year nominees are Jared Cannonier versus Marvin Vittori. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Islam Mahakchev one. Uh, Macy Barber versus Amanda Hebus. Dan Hooker versus Jalen Turner, Brandon Moreno against Alexandre Pantoja, Cody Gibson versus uh, Brad Katona, Irene Aldana versus Carol Hosa, and Justin Gaethje versus Rafael Faiziv. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the winner of the 2023 KOB Fight of the Year goes to Alexander Volkanovsky versus Islam Mahakchev one. Yeah, I think I think it's funny because I think that fight happened in February. March, February, or March. It was really early, and yeah. I remember we were all three like, "Who's gonna be? If this gets beaten for fight of the year, like we're in for it. Yeah. Like it's gonna be a good." Year. And to be fair, like like that Katana one stands out. The Irene Aldana, um, who'd she fight again? Um, um, Carol Hosa. That fight, like that, snuck in right at the end of the year, mm-hmm. and like one of the better female fights in terms of just not boring. Would show this to anybody, like. The Barber one was crazy. The too. Barber mm-hmm. one, he boss. Like, yeah, but I mean, in terms of like that, I mean, and then the fact that you just had these two guys in there trying to show that they're the best guy in the world and to go out and deliver like that. Um, maybe we're a little, I mean, maybe we just like implanted it in our head that that was it. Uh, yeah, and, there, and there's other fights where you might have had guys just really beating the snot out of each other. But this was just really just technique for technique. Yes, had it um, all. Had, had it moments. All. Yeah, you can't. Both you can't guys beat that. had moments, and then like Volk defending takedowns and getting. I mean, just yeah. dropping him in the what fourth yeah. or fifth. I think it was yeah. yeah, fourth. I think. Um, yeah, fight of the year had it locked up. Excuse me. Next question, boys. Back in September, the UFC's parent company Endeavor announced the purchase of the WWE and the merger. Of the two companies, which are now called and publicly traded under what name? 
What is the name of the new company that they are publicly traded under on the New York Stock Exchange? Mm. Back in September. Need an answer. I don't even have one. John's not going to answer. Brandon, what is your guess? (laughs) No clue, he says. (laughs) Uh, The answer we were looking for there is TKO. Oh, okay. I thought that would be an easy one. Well, I remember for a minute they were like, this is a placeholder until we find out something else, and they kind of just ran with it. Yeah, they've never changed it if they are going to. Our next category, boys, our 2023 Rookie of the Year. Take it away, Brandon. Give me one second. Pull it up. You got it. I think I'm Rookie of the Year. No, you're not. No, Brandon is. All right, so our 2023 Rookie of the Year, that is based off fighters who are making their debuts in 2023. This is not including the Dana White Contender Series, so we're looking at like kind of their strength of schedule once mm-hmm. they're here, uh, the performance in the cage, and overall splash once they arrive on the scene. And our nominees for this category are Bo Nickel, Ikram Alaskarov, Diego Lopez, Marcus McGee, Elvis Brenner, and Farid Basharat. And our winner of the 2023 Rookie of the Year is Diego Lopez. Yeah, so coming off like his entry, which was that short notice fight against um, oh Mar- yeah, Marzor. Mm-hmm. I just remember like watching that fight. We were all texting each other throughout that fight, mm-hmm. just sending those eyeball emojis yeah, of like oh, every every few sequences. <laughs> yeah. Diego had a moment, um, just throwing up those submission attempts and then took some rounds off yeah, of him. Di- didn't win that fight, but then his, his next fight's following, man, just really, really showing what he's made of. So. Yeah, you know, and I think maybe for some people, my thought like, oh, Bo's a lock here. But the thing is, like, Bo just did not, and not Bo's fault, just didn't face the opposition that we saw Diego Lopez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even in a loss to be that impressive. But then when you look at the guys he beat after that, right, um, uh, Gavin Tucker and... Um, Sabatini. Yes. I mean, these are guys that have fought high level, have wins over some really legit guys. Diego Lopez is for real. And he went to a knockout for the next one where you're thinking, oh, this guy's going to get the sub. And then Alaskarov was another tough one. I mean, again, another guy that's fought two very legitimate opponents, looked very good this year. Uh, but I think right now, if I was like to send one of these guys into a number one contender fight tomorrow out of that list... Um, I don't know. It's tough. Bo is just a t- it's just you just don't know. We just yeah. still do not know. Yeah. So I think for that, I'd well, still feel confident in saying Diego Lopez yeah. go compete. Yeah, that's what I would say. I say the potential is obviously there for Bo, but we know it's there for Diego. Yes. Like we've well, seen it. Well, especially when you have a moment where we're like, oh, with the full camp, maybe he beats Mavzar in this and, fight. And Mavzar is a guy who. I think bang on. I mean, he's going to fight for a world title maybe as soon as this year mm. and really has a chance of legitimately winning it. Yeah. So it's, it's a, that's a big win, man, for him. Uh, very deserving uh, is Diego Lopez of Rookie of the Year. Back to the boards, boys. Uh, for real quick, next for the question. record, you definitely yeah, told me to do that. it. Too. I, I, I just looked at mine and kind of did them. I put it on both. That was my bad. I saw oh, that. Too. So that's probably why I also was a little bit delayed because I added a whole other category. <laughs> Back in, no, no, that's not 45 minutes worth, John. I'm sorry. It's 15 of the 45. Back right. in June, boys, what fighter set the record for most post fight win bonuses in UFC history with 19? Back in June. Record for most post fight win bonuses in UFC history with 19. I believe he beat. Cowboy Cerrone for it, if I remember. I can't remember. 
What do we got? Flip them around. Oh, Brand- oh, both still, still thinking. Still, I'm still thinking. Hey, uh, John, John's got it right. For the record, Brandon, I don't know if that makes puts any more pressure. <laughs> Back in June. Back in June. Make what sure fighter set the record for most post-fight win bonuses in UFC history? I can't even. I don't have an answer. You got to have somebody. Nobody? I don't know what. I, I don't. I don't know right why. Down Chase Hooper. The answer is, and John got it right, Charles Oliveira. Do Bronx, baby. Boy started knocking people out after he submitted people for all the meals. June 10th beat Benil Dariush. It does June. not feel like that was back in June. <laughs> no. No, you said June. I'm like, who fought in June? It was like big. I can't, yeah. That's <laughs> all good. I, we're, we're tied, right? Or yeah, three. Three. I have three. I have three, yeah. Three, three. <laughs> Nate's got three points coming. Back to the boards, though, for one more before we get to our female fighter of the year. At UFC 281, boys, Derek Lewis broke the record for most KOTKO finishes in UFC history. What is that number that is now a UFC record? What is the record, Derek Lewis? Most knockout finishes in U- KO TKO finishes in UFC history. Brandon got it wrong, John. Chance to take the lead. Will he do it? It's your guy, too. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Slanging and banging for whoa, John went twenty-one. The answer we were looking for was fourteen. Oh, I almost put fourteen. I had That's eighteen crazy. originally. If this was, uh, yeah, if this was. Um, Wheel of Fortune, Brandon, you would have won that. <laughs> low man wins. Yeah, low man wins. It was 14, and with that, female fighter of the year. Brandon, take it away. All right, so female fighter of the year. So this is a personal favorite of mine in terms of awards to present. You guys give it to me every year. <laughs> that is um, true. You guys know it. So it is my honor to announce it's the nominees. So this year, our, our nominees for female fighter of the year are... Aaron Blanchfield, Tatiana Suarez, Alexa Grasso, Macy Barber, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right, Lupi Godinez? Yep, Lupi Godinez. All right. And the winner, and it's not real really quick, a, oh, Real quick, one more, Larissa Pacheco. Larissa Pacheco, sorry. I, I, sorry, we added that one late. Not your fault. All right, and the winner, and it's not really that close, is no. Alexa Grasso. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> After defeating the former flyweight queen, Valentina Shevchenko, Grasso went on to defend the belt. And the hotly contested rematch would actually end in a draw. But yeah. yeah. And I just like, I think, well, yeah, when I send this to you guys, I just like female fighter of the year. And then my, like our nominees. And I just said, <laughs> it was like, there's really nobody else that touches. I mean, Larissa Pacheco, like I left her off the list originally. And then thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how do you leave her off? You know, mm-hmm. um, what a dominant run she's had there in the PFL. Um, and really, you could almost argue how impressive that is because she's added weight class that the UFC doesn't even hold. So, right. you know, she is kind of technically uh, doing it on the biggest stage there at the PFL. But, um, yeah, I mean, Aaron Blanchfield, you know, Tantiana Suarez, mm-hmm. what a year she had to to come back from injury and be as dominant as she was. But, I mean, come on, yeah, you're not. Alexa Garasso, that yeah, just shocked out. the world, yeah. man. Yeah, um, to get that finished, and even, I mean, a lot of people thought she won the second fight. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... Then goes back to how we talked about her coach, and yeah. it just kind of all comes full circle. Last question, boys, and this is what I love: is it always comes out to where it's <laughs> it, all, everything it. to play for, anything uh, could happen. How many categories do we got? This is it. No, how many oh. like categories for the awards? One more: got? male fighter of the year. Are you serious? One. Yes. Oh my god. So this is our last question. <laughs> These two are tied, which means here's the outcomes: Brandon could win; he gets three points. John could win, gets three points, or they tie. 
and I get the three well, points. Here's, and here's the bad thing. We could both win and you get three points. That's true, too. Um, like both get the question right. It is all to play for here at the very end. I love it this way. UFC Austin Boys, which took place in December on December 2nd, is the first UFC event to see two of the same very unique knockout finishes on the same card. What were those two same knockout finishes? Do you know the answer? I do. I do as well. So I'll give it to you, assuming you're right. Okay. But you can't show him. No, yeah, I'm no, not, it's, I'm this not going to write anything. Okay. But... Yeah, I'm going to assume you know it. Wait, hold on. Time out. It's called collusion, dude. Get used to it. But that's like coward. Oh, now you're mad? No, 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 no. Because I don't know know if he's right. He has not shown me. That's the scary part. And I don't know if you know either. I'm not saying that. That's kind of the scary part. But what a coward's way out. What a coward? If I win, if we both get it right, you get points. But why do you want him to have points? Because he's he's constantly in last. Yeah, but why is another man are you going to bend your knee to him? You are I'm another. not. I'm literally gifting him points. Yeah, you're bending the knee. He's so bad. Why are you bending the knee? I think for me, even if I knew I was gonna get it, maybe right, I would just guess it just so I know. I know. I know. No, I think this is really you just tried that hard to get. I mean, that's points. fine. Yeah. Here's the thing. You know, you got played last year in Jeopardy. You got talked into a bad decision. <laughs> yeah, don't, here you are again so trying me, to talk me into something. Don't let me talk you into a bad decision. But I'm just saying, as somebody listening, it's pretty annoying. I'm sure for somebody that like you're just trying to like rig the whole thing. You tried to rig the whole thing. How? I don't know. But exactly, <laughs> there's no rigging. But you're here at the end. We've come all this we, way. This is an easy one. If we both know it, but this is fun, and it's we're here at the end. If you weren't, you weren't going to get the points, I would 100 percent give the answer. It's I know, but here's that's the, thing. the only reason why we're here at the end. It's all for fun. And you're rigging it. I'm not rigging it. No, 100% you are. Proposal. If we both get it right, we all three get one point. That's dumb because why would we all no. want to be in the same position? No, if, Bra- if Brandon doesn't answer, no points for anybody. Are you serious? Dead serious. Wait, now he's forcing my hand. You see this, right? You, here's just put, the thing. An- just put ankle lock. You should have just no, said you didn't know. You should have just said you didn't know. And then I would have been like, you oh, know what? what? You rigged uh, it. Let's do I'm going to do I, No, you, you rigged it at the end, so I'm not going to give any points to anybody. Fun's over. Okay, okay, okay. That's what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, it's fun's over. All right, okay. What were you going to write? Go ahead and write it. Whatever you are want. We done, are we done? Like, huh? is, is, are, you, are you taking the answers? No, you can write whatever you want to write. Write whatever I want to write? Yeah, whatever. Since you rigged it at the end. <laughs> really, it just hurts me at the end. You know, I made this comeback. I had one point. Yeah. Like Here, this whole fun thing. It's, it's just a big standoff. And Brandon puts ankle lock, knowing it was slam. John got it right. No points for John. Uh, that was something we'll just never know how that was going to play out. Shouldn't have rigged it, man. Dude, I, it would have played out with us tying and you getting... You even said in the, you know what? Here's in the what, beginning in this game, no, you said on. that we could do... That this is could. what I'm going to do because it's not fair to John. John went to the board fast. John, you're going to get your three points. Brandon, for rigging it, you are minus three points heading into 2024. You know what? That actually kind of fits my shape, right? Makes, my, makes everything harder. He would do that every year if you gave him the option. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm Why happy. Make a negative 18. I'm going to go 20, 30, whatever you want to do. So, for the record, John is in first place to kick off 2024 with three. I am at zero. Brandon in last place with negative three points for rigging at the end. Great. Um, I think that's good. That, that saves it. it. That just saved the whole segment. I, I love it. I love it too. You're gonna love it when you uh, at the end when you lose to John by three <laughs> two points at the, at the end of the year. Lost by three. Shouldn't 
John, our final category, Male Fighter of the Year. All right, Male Fighter of the Year. This category will go to the male fighter that we believe accomplished the most and most impressively in 2023. Uh, we also give a little context to these guys, what these guys did this year. So our Male Fighter of the Year nominees are Tommy Aspinall, who went 2-0, and getting an interim title. Leon Edwards, who went 2-0, and defending his title twice. Uh, Pantoja, who went 2-0, and becoming a champion and defending. Islam, who went 2-0, and defending his belt twice against Volk. Sean Strickland, who went 3-0, and ending the year becoming champion. Uh, Shavkat Rachmanov going 2-0, and putting himself amongst the top uh, welterweights. Jelton Almeida, who went 3-0, and going from early prelims all the way to main eventing. Uh, Drikas Duplessis, who went 2-0, and earning himself a title shot next year. And Justin Gaethje, who went 2-0, and putting himself within reach of a potential title shot as well. And the winner of the 2023 KOB Male Fighter of the Year goes to Sean Strickland. Yeah, man, what a year this guy had. Um, you know, you go back to January, right? He he fights Cannoneer mm-hmm. in, in December right at the end, right? Wins that fight and then turns around. Well, he lost. Oh, no, yeah. yeah he, he lost. lost. Sorry, sorry. Close sorry. decision. Close, should have won to Cannoneer. I had him winning that fight, mm-hmm. 100%. Um, and then... At the beginning of the year, Mavzari, or uh, excuse me, uh, Nazardini Mavov oh. is supposed to fight. Who is he supposed to fight? I can't even remember. His opponent drops off and Strickland steps up in like two weeks. Off, I was <laughs> Kelvin, maybe. Maybe somebody like that. Strickland comes in, fights Nazardini Mavov, who, French daggy guy, everybody thinks this guy is going to probably fight for a world title this year. Strickland goes in, does work, right? Mm-hmm. Then he comes in and faces a boost who. The UFC's booking is nobody wants to fight this guy. He's this killer. He's just he's this. He's that. He's unranked is what he was. And Sean Strickland was like, whatever. I'll put my number eight ranking on the line or whatever it was at the time. Like people don't do that, man. Like there's a reason you don't see guys do that. Um, and Sean, so you could say like, well, that's an easy path to the title. No, it's not. Like that's a very dangerous fight to take against a very unknown guy who all we're hearing is nobody wants to fight him. Right? Mm-hmm. Sean Strickland raises his hand. Um, and really kind of probably put him at the front of the line then to go out, fight Izzy, does what he does, gets the belt. Um, I know he's controversial. I know he's not always the most popular, says a lot of things that we don't always necessarily agree with on this podcast, but he's a UFC champion Mm -hmm. and did it in a very impressive way um, and did it all in the calendar year of 2023. Mm -hmm. And he does ask kids to move before he fights people in public. And he asks, yes, true gentleman in that aspect. You know, we talk about, like, our bingo cards, right? Like, who who do you think had this on their bingo cards for male fighter of the year? I guarantee nobody. Well, I I remember seeing, like, a picture. It was like, the MMA community is going to melt if this happens, and it was Sean O'Malley as a champ, Sean Strickland, and then Colby, if Colby would have yeah that would be interesting uh, but, <laughs> would be. Yeah, but yeah nobody nobody saw saw that coming what a year man i mean and all those guys really like aspinall coming back from the injury and mm-hmm. to go out and kind of in a similar thing as the abuse was like to go be this scary guy that nobody wanted to fight and the way he did that dude leon to out wrestle two wrestlers mm. very good point yeah what a year leon had um you know gelatin Gelatin just had that stinker right there at the end of the year with Lewis, but still a good year nonetheless. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah, tough, tough category there. But, you know, at the end of the day, you go with Sean Strickland, and that is it, boys. Did I, you, um real quick, uh, I think ESPN also voted him as this, or somebody did, and his statement was like, you guys suck so much that they had to give me this. Essentially, <laughs> I think it was most improved. Yeah, something That's like funny. that. He's just telling everybody else to step it up. That's funny. I literally am just in here dying inside, like thinking of you losing to John at the end of the year by two points. And I just, it just, or me, even me. Who like, knows? Who knows? I just can't I have no fear with the way our points are. And you're like, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Let's make a negative six. And it's not then, even a joke. And then you go negative three, and then if you just like lose it by that, it's just going to be everything. The question is, how long do you think it'll be negative three? Or in the negative, even? I don't know. There's a shot that goes a little bit. Maybe we start doing something. If you jaunt it, you go negative, however many. Lose a point. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, we don't have a, we got a lot of fight nights, so it's only going to be a little two-pointer. Yeah, so that'll take a second. That is tough. John, let's get into the news. Going on the news. Mm. Going on the news. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. All righty. Well, right before recording, Conor McGregor, or recording today, Conor McGregor made his announcement that we've all been waiting for, stating on social media that he will be making his return at International Fight Week in June against Michael Chandler. And he said it's going to be at 185 pounds. Um, Ariel Hawani reporting after that Conor did push hard to be on UFC 300 and was ready to go. But after meeting with Dana White, they had to settle for international fight week. Yeah. So a couple of things to unpack here. Like, okay. So Chandler did respond to the 85 thing, said he's down. He said, I always said, I wanted you at your biggest. So baddest. weird to think about Chandler at 85. But man, like he's so, so short, but why? I mean, I'm just like, again, like the, to me, that makes that fight a gimmick fight. Like, like you're getting Seems like he's a little simping a little bit like, like I just want the fight. I mean whatever. you're just getting gimmicky at that. Yeah. It's like what okay they win it like that's not even like one weight class above where it's like you know sometimes you see guys go up to 70 and then come right back down like you're going two weight classes above. Neither one of you guys are ever going to be competitive at 185 pounds. I mean really probably not even 170 at this point if we're being yeah. honest. Right. Like what are why? Like what is, what is the point of that fight now? Like yeah, I, I don't other than, fight. Well, I think the only the only other time we even entertained something this type of astronomical was when Kamaru said he wanted to go up to two hundred five. But we're talking about a current champion who's, you know, you you could maybe entertain some of that. But for this, it just seems like Connor just like since he didn't maybe get what he wanted. Well, I'm just going to add a whole another layer of like wildness to this whole situation. And from the UFC side, I guess it makes a little bit of sense because they know 300 is going to be sold regardless, so why not save a big pay-per-view with Conor later down the road, which kind of just messes up all of our predictions, obviously. But The only other thing would be like if you allow them to fight at more of a natural whatever they're weighing at, or at least not requiring them to cut, you decrease the chance of injury in the overall sense. Like, that's yeah. the only other thing I guess I could say in terms of a business perspective. But. Yeah, I mean, I still think it is kind of ridiculous to think of these guys fighting at 85. Well, Especially, I mean, like you said, with Chandler being so short, like, how, what's he even look like? Well, it makes you think what are Connor's like, motives and what he even wants to do after this. Because it's not like beating Michael Chandler at 85 is going to get you a shot against D-Play-C or Sean Strickland winner, you know? But yeah, but in, in, and that's, like, the bigger thing here. Like, you're talking about two guys who are both 1-3 and three in their last four. I mean, I mean, like, like 55. Uh, yeah. And one of them who's a top well, 10 I mean, fighter at his division, too. Yeah, Connor had him at 70, I think, too, a couple of them. But still, like, losses at 70. I mean, he yeah. didn't beat Diaz at 70. But, like, yeah, it's not like these are two guys. I mean, it just makes zero sense to do it at 85, other than that's just what Connor wants. And Chandler, like you said, he'll play ball with anything at this point. But I'm just like, it, it kind of is like the Tom Aspinall thing. Like, why? 
like mm-hmm. what, the, the whole interim champ. I mean, it's just like it just to me it makes zero sense for for any division between 155 and 185. Like neither of these guys are going to play into those divisions moving forward. So, would you feel any different if the opponent was somebody who was more like a 170 or going up? No, you know what I mean. Maybe, but you know what I would prefer over them doing it like make up some stupid belt and put it on the line like dumber yeah. than the bmf just red panties i would prefer yeah like the red panty champion i would prefer that over this fight like if you did the red panty championship at 160 pounds or 165 i would prefer that over them to fighting at 185 well and the other thing too when you think about this like obviously weight kidding is a big part of the fight camp right and so for somebody like mcgregor who's gotten huge uh post recovering from his injury you think, oh, him training at that weight, all right. You can kind of see it from how jacked he's been. But what does Michael Chandler look like when he's not doing cardio? Like, is he gonna, He probably isn't going to weigh 85. He has to be closer yeah. to, you know, maybe high 70s, if that, because mm-hmm. he's not going to be able to to still function as a 55 or after this if he mm-hmm. commits to trying to be as big as what Connor maybe is trying to be at 85. And, it, and some context is important of like it, it hasn't been confirmed that it's going to happen at 85. He kind of laughed about it. This is just Connor saying it, and I, but he did just meet with Dana White. Right. But then Chandler being so quick to say yes, like I guess we don't need to go crazy on this, but like please just do not let this happen. I mean, 170, I can live with 170. Yeah. But like, dude, there's a we can do 165. Do the catchweight champion of the world. Like, I don't care. Like anything. But <laughs> Introduce one, yeah. 165 with them too, or I something. Mean, just to go all yeah, dude. That's what what is awesome idea that is. Mm-hmm. Start the 165 division with these two. Boom, mm-hmm. title fight. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It just it's so crazy and like out there to me. Um. And then the other aspect of it of not being on 300, you know, it's just, I, I just don't what get it. Left? I, I just, well, I, I know, I don't I get tell it. You in the well, news, but you but. know what I get? Here's the vibes that I get. This is like the best thing that I can think of how the UFC views Connor in my head. I remember when I was in like my early 20s, right? And like I'd go buy like the new pair of Jordans or some crazy new outfit. And it was like, it's almost like I wouldn't wear them for so long because like, oh, I got to wear them to something specific. And it's like, well, I am going to this on Saturday. And it's like, no, that's not big enough, man. I need something big. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's almost like you were like, it was dumb and immature. Like it was back in those <laughs> days where I actually cared about that. I don't care about that now. But like, mm-hmm. but it's just like one of those things where it's like you have this thing and you value it so much that you're like, I just don't know when to debut it. Like I just don't know when to roll it out. And it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like that's where we are with the UFC. And it's like International Fight Week is big, but we've seen that before, right? Right. We haven't seen, I mean, this is, you're only going to get one UFC 300. It's a big event. You're one it to be big you're gonna get to more fight announcements here soon but it's like yeah we're kind of running thin on big fights for 300 and all they keep doing is talking about how our minds are gonna be blown um (laughs) i don't want to count them out or discount at this point ronda and brock have to be back like fighting each other (laughs) (laughs) open way like yeah do you think that maybe this has something to do with the ufc kind of just giving connor what he wants because he's been begging for a fight no because i do think he i mean the, the thing that has consistently been said is he wants 300. And I think that's what he shot for. And for whatever reason, they think it's bigger on international fight. Well, week, and that's what I was saying. I think maybe they're just hedging their bets of 300 is going to sell regardless because people want to be part of They want to see that. Okay, but now you're talking, you're putting this fight on international fight week. So now you're talking, is that the main event? Because mm. at 300, you can main event that. Right. Is Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler a big international fight week main event? I think event? that Conor's always going to main event. And that's, no yeah, I, mean, that's fair. I think at his pay, he has to be. I just felt like 300 was a good chance to throw yeah. him out there without there being any titles above him, right? Because at international fight week, 
you're probably going to have a little bit more to choose from mm-hmm. in terms of like time wise. Yes. What's the, that, June or July? It's June 29th. It's which like is right usually the, the second week, first, of Ju- week. first or second week of July. Yeah. Which I'm wondering if maybe they're moving that down because that's the timetable for Jones and Stipe. Yeah, I don't know. You know, July, August, maybe. They might be. I just, and then maybe that will main event international and Connor and Chandler, Chandler will co main. I mean, Connor's not, he's not always been the main event. Like, right. we've, we've seen it now. So, he fought Wait. Donald Cerrone. Uh, I mean, that was a main event. Him and Poirier oh, wasn't. Oh, was yeah. it? Him and Poirier at two eighty one wasn't main event. Mm. Who was? Uh, Zhang Wei Li, Carlos Barza was co-main, and Alex Pereira and Izzy was main. What? Oh no, I'm looking at. Oh, I'm sorry, I was on the wrong. Dude, I was I'm on Michael Chandler. He's, he's main event in every fight he's been in since. Uh, since I thought there was one. He got the belt. Didn't. I thought he didn't main event one. Maybe no, Cerrone was main event, but there was no Cerrone belt, and it was at one seventy. Mm. Maybe you're right. I know I'm right. Right. My negative be. three points. You might be right. Uh, moving on, uh, Leon Edwards announcing that he plans to defend his title at UFC 300 and uh, then try to get a fight later in England and later in 2024. Uh, his opponent is slated to be Bilal Muhammad with names like Shavka also being thrown into the mix. So then this gets back to like what I'm saying. Like, I just, I mean, okay, so to me what that says, because he said he's he was at the Aston Villa game and announced mm-hmm. it at halftime that that is his next fight at UFC 300. So it's like, are you going to sell us on UFC 300 with Leon and Bilal? I love Bilal. I've right. been advocating for Bilal 100%. But is your big 300th event, this thing that you're telling us is going to blow our minds, is it going to be main evented by Leon Edwards and Bilal Muhammad? There's not very many other champions UFC, available. UFC 200 had three title fights on it, right? Uh, three. I think yeah. there was. I think yes. there was three. So I could see that maybe being like the bottom of those three. If you're going to do three it's, massive fights, yeah, it's going to have to me that I, I was just telling Jacob. It has that to me that tells me it has to be Islam Oliveira is going to main event 300. I mean, I just yeah. there's not really any more champions. That's the only ones. Um, Islam's been very vocal. It sounds like lately he wants to fight. Like I think he basically said it's March or bust. March mm-hmm. or Ramadan. I'll see you after then. Right. Um. So I think they're gonna sneak Islam into that 300. I, that would be my guess. Alex and Tom Aspinall heavyweight. <laughs> Dude, I let me tell you about Alex and Aspinall. You want to talk about losing my mind over a Connor Chandler 85? I might boycott the UFC for a full year. This you don't like that might, at all. <laughs> I hate that idea. I mean, it's not a bad fight. It'd be fun, right? It'd be fun to see. But we've already put Tom Aspinall on this thing where, like, it already makes no sense. Yeah, you put him on a different did. timeline, a so, different parallel universe. Okay, so, okay, so Alex Pereira goes up, beats Tom Aspinall. Then what? Mm-hmm. Tom Ass. I mean, I, I mean... And he's the interim champ. And we then have, what for Tom? Is that what you mean? I mean, yeah, but we have contenders at heavyweight. There's like there is a gelatin Almeida. There is a Curtis Blade sitting there. Like if you're gonna give Thomas or Tom Aspinall somebody, make it another heavyweight contender. Yeah, Cyril Gonson. Because then if because then if Alex Pedeta goes and knocks out Tom Aspinall, your light heavyweight champion is now your interim champion, I guess, and your number one contender at heavyweight. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just makes so then you're gonna. Either have him going back and forth, which whenever Jamal Hill comes back could throw a huge wrench into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, what if Stipe or Jones gets hurt and then Alex Pereira is already booked for a fight as your number one contender and interim champ against whoever? that he's already, Say they already book him. Like, you're going to cancel that fight and then put him into that problem. I mean, just yeah. you're just going to create. Like, we have to. It has to stop at some point. Mm. Like, the madness. I mean, I love that fight eventually mm-hmm. for Alex. I do think Alex... 
probably sitting here today has the best chance to be a three divisional champ first ever yeah and if you're him you're not trying to build your light heavyweight portfolio sure you want to get this fight as soon as possible because you came into it late so i think if that's the case if if that happens the only way i could be content is if he is if he again vacates. vacating the light yeah. heavyweight title i mean it I would mean, be part of the script right it would be part of the script for that title which has been doomed with that as of late but uh, to me that's the only way that makes sense is if mm -hmm. he is willing to commit his future um to the heavyweight division because uh, it's just already such a mess like i just mm -hmm. i i love the fight idea i love the idea of that i would right. love to see it but in terms of making sense for the division getting back to the whole Connor Chandler 85 just makes zero yeah. sense. Well, I feel like the UFC war room for 300 has just been guys randomly yelling out, well, what if we have uh, Alex Face Aspinall? Yeah. What if we bring back so-and-so? What if we, you know, put somebody yeah. in there with a the dog? Like, they're just doing whatever they can, and it's, it's interesting. Uh, what we do know about UFC 300, though, for sure, is um, Dana White announcing that Bo Nickel will be facing Cody Brundage. Uh, Aljamain Sterling will be making his featherweight debut against Calvin Cater. Let's let's stop real quick. Let's kind of go through these one at okay. a time. Because I think Bo Nickel versus Brundage is a horrible fight. I think it's going to be like the first card on the prelims. I think uh, that's the one you was talking about that's like, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it just like, why? Like, what, like, like why, what are you just sitting here saying? Like, <laughs> Did you just want him to go out and fight another guy that's going to try to knock him? Like, come like the Van Val Woodward? Like, mm -hmm. why? Yeah. What are we doing? I don't know. That's why he doesn't win Rookie of the Year, man. Because he's not even pushing for these big names. I mean, he kind of did at the end for what was the fight? Um, oh, yeah. He said he was willing to step in. Um, who was it? Was it? Um, it was the big middleweight fight. He's been Hobbs up? Maybe. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. Yes. They said he didn't get a call. Yeah, he said he didn't get a call, but he also didn't campaign for it. But, I mean, it's like, dude. I think you look at a guy like Bo in the same way with Patty. It's like, it's kind of time to shit or get off the pot with these guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. we got to just do, like, I, I get you got to take time, build guys, but there's also guys that you don't necessarily need to build as much. And, like, we just need to know how good, like, like come on, Cody Brundage, dude. Yeah. I mean, like, like I know Jacob was really big on Kyle Bohayo. That is a fantastic yeah. fight. And you would learn so much about how good Bo Nickel is just by putting him against, like, one of the lowest-ranked middleweights. Fluffy, somebody. Fluffy, yeah, anybody. Like, Chris Curtis, give him somebody who you can say, oh, now we see what you guys are trying to build up. Chris because Curtis, yeah, another great name. Like, just, un like, I don't know. Especially when Bo is billing himself as, I'm only going to main event. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm only going to be on the main card. I'm this, I'm this. Yeah. And the UFC hasn't necessarily backed off of that other than how they're booking Yeah. Him. Next. Um, the next one was Aljamain Sterling making his featherweight debut against Calvin Cater. I mean, again, like, dude, what are we doing? Yeah. This Taking guy, what's available. Yeah, but, but this guy this guy is uh, coming off of one fight removed from being your bantamweight champion. Uh, highest, most winning. Yeah, winning arguably the GOAT, right? Okay, I remember thinking about this, though. So my only... Response to that is you were okay with Figgy fighting uh, who did he just fight? Was it Font? That's what yeah. I was actually just looking up. Yeah, it was Rob Font. Yeah, and you were totally okay with that. And Figgy was just coming off of his championship fight. That wasn't the fight that I wanted. That originally we were talking like number one contender style fight. But you were okay with it. You thought it was a great fight for him, a great introduction to the weight class. Whereas I feel like for this, that's equivalent to that. Now, I'm not. I would say it's equivalent to that for sure. You're not off on that. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. I'm not particularly mad at the matchup. Like, there's obviously better ones out there, but I mean, where's Arnold Allen? Where's Mobzari Vloyov? They're like, fighting each other, I believe. Are they booked? Yeah. I don't remember. We obviously they are fighting each other, but I think what this says, what this says more to me is that Max is probably going to be on 300. Jo he has to be. Josh Emmett. I mean, yeah. Max. I mean, like, there's so many. You know. 
I mean, because like, yeah, now what are you gonna do, Max versus Josh Emmett? Like, or is I mean, Gaethje I guess Max or... could still go up and fight Gaethje, but it's like, yeah, I mean, dude, Calvin Cater. I'm looking at his record right now. He's won. He's won one fight in his last four. He's lost to Holloway, beat Giga, lost to Josh Emmett, and lost to Arnold Allen. And now you're giving him the guy that everybody felt was like the bantamweight goat. I mean, yeah. I just. He's not. He's on a two-fight losing streak, and you're giving him Aljo, who just went on. How how crazy was Aljo's run? Like, right, Hudo. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Aljo was until he just lost his title. He was unbeaten in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine, ten fights unbeaten. Right. He just lost to Oma. I mean, come on, beating Poderian twice, Corey Sanhagen, Pedro Munoz, T.J. Dillashaw, Henry Cejudo, like and now we're Calvin Cater, baby. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I. Very I mean, underwhelming by that fight as well. I mean, if you're Calvin, you're excited because you get a chance to beat a name. Yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, it's definitely not hitting the same as we were hoping for some I, of these I, 300. I, yeah, I mean, it's just Calvin's he's just a mid-level featherweight. Always, we know mm. the stories. He always kind of struggles to win those big fights against those big-name guys. And it's like, so, okay, Aljo, if he goes – if Aljo beats him, it's like, well, yeah, it's just another – Mm-hmm. Big name he couldn't get. You know what I mean? It's like that's kind of what he struggles with. So right. I don't know. Uh, and then the last one that was announced is Yuri Prohashka will be making his return against Alexander Rakic. Yeah, it's a good fight. Yeah. Um, I still, I, I still, you know, wouldn't have mind seeing Roundtree get the Rakic fight mm-hmm. on the pay-per-view. Um, but that tells me they're probably going to do Roundtree, I would guess, now in some form of a fight night main event, which is cool, too. Um, just would have liked to see him get out of the apex, but like or somebody yeah, like that. But you know, Roundtree is a Las Vegas native, so I also kind of understand like saving him, saving him for even a fight night card. He might bring somewhat of a crowd, or you know, putting him on a big Vegas pay per view as well. I kind of understand mm-hmm. that angle as well. But yeah, Yuri Rakic is a great fight. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh, which they were trying to do earlier. Yuri needed a little bit more time. So, so are they keeping it on that Toronto card in January? Um, what what fight? What what is it? The Yuri Prohashka and Rakic. No, no, no. I know, but what? What car? Like what where car? Sorry. Oh, that's going to be on 300. Oh, it is on 300. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That was the third fight that they announced for it. They wanted to do Anaheim, but uh, Yuri needed another month, so okay. they bumped it. Um, some UFC 298 news, adding a huge fight with Robert Whitaker trying to fight Paulo Costa again. <sighs> Uh, if, if the fight happens, I'm obviously super excited for it. They're, uh, yeah, it's they're a both good fight. really good fighters. Still would have loved to again Kamara versus Roddick, uh, Whitaker. I think that was the fight to make. But Hamzat and Paulo would have been kind of cool too. Mm-hmm. But but Paulo, we just don't know who he is at this point. Yeah. Um, Yair Rodriguez and Brian Ortega will rematch to co-headline UFC Mexico, yeah. which we've thrown around before. That it's just a big, f- yeah makes um, sense for that card between that and then Moreno and um, Albazi. Mm-hmm. That's just a huge fight for UFC Mexico. Yeah. And Aaron Blanchfield will be facing Manon Farah at UFC Atlantic City. That's yeah, that is a good one. Number one contender fight, 100%. And the last little bit I got is uh, actually, funny enough, the boxing. Um, the big card in Saudi Arabia, Deontay Wilder. Yeah. Uh, who was supposed to have a snowball fight and then fight Anthony Joshua twice. Gets beat by Joseph Parker and now doesn't even look like he wants to fight. Joshua might even retire. Who knows? You know what I was thinking? I was, yeah, who knows? Something I was thinking about Deontay Wilder. It's like, all right, you know, you've kind of, I don't want to say like exposed at this point, but the boxing career is just not working out for whatever. What is he? He's like one, one, one fight in his last three or something yeah. like that. I mean, he's just kind of had a little bit of a rough run lately. What a better time. I mean, he's teased it before to try to transition to mixed martial arts. Yeah. 
I mean, I think if you're a guy like him, he's what still in his early 30s, late 20s. Uh, I think he's late 30. He got into it late. He basically started boxing yeah, to pay for his late. daughter's medical bills. So he wasn't even trained. He kind of just got in there and started basically knocking people out. Uh, I think he's a little bit older, but I mean, he has had talks with Francis about doing a one and one fight, yeah, a 30, boxing uh, and MMA. He's 38. Yeah, that's tough. That'd be tough to get into MMA now. But to do a, a fight like that, I a one, like a one and one with Francis on PFL. Yeah, you know, that gives you at least a chance to yeah, still box with somebody who has less experience and then dabble in MMA. And if you lose, you lost to the guy who, you know, was the UFC heavyweight champion. When and it could be, could be a one-off, too. You make a ton of money. Correction, mm-hmm. he's won one fight in his last four. So, yeah, yeah he's just I, – I think – I was thinking that. I'm like, man, what a great time. I mean, he's teased it. He said he wants to do it. Like, why not try it? Yeah. You know, just if you're going to – what a better time, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's all I got. Oh, that's all you had? Yep. All righty. Song of the week, John, kick us off. I'm going to go. You're going to go Old Lang Syne? No. I'm going to go D4L, Scotty. All right. I like it. Nate, you know that song? Yes, I do. Scotty's calling me. I'm in his home. Scotty's calling me. Is that the one that starts? I'm starting to see spaceships yeah. on Bankhead. Yeah. D4L was a, was a weird, <laughs> was a crazy time for us. Brandon, what is your one for the people? Ooh, this is for the start off the new year. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I'm always really bad at these. I don't know where to start off. I mean, you're starting out down bad. Three points off the mark. <sighs> yeah, probably something to do with that. Um, I don't know. Get ready to watch one of the greatest redemption stories ever. <laughs> like, just starting off negative. Literally starting off. How would you even phrase that? Like, they're trying to make it almost impossible for me to win. That's how scared <laughs> okay. Nate is. Like, Nate is that scared. He's going to make me go negative three. I mean, clearly, you were more afraid of me getting negative three points. Three entering this thing. I mean, you were clearly so scared of me getting three points. That you were like, John, I'll just give it to you, dude. I think it was more he still wasn't satisfied that I had zero, so he had to push me negative three because, again, he was that terrified. So, anyway, greatest redemption story coming at you this year. Get ready for it. We'll see. What about chess? Anything with chess? Any tournaments coming up we can expect? Yeah, I'm going to start. I'm going to do one in March. So, I got one coming up here in a few months. Pretty pumped for it. In Lafayette again? Uh, yeah, it'll probably be the same same format, same place. Is is, uh, the uh, Idaho State champ going to be there? Montana. Um, I don't know. Uh, Sorry, the 38th state. Yeah. Dude, uh, <laughs> if the Des Moines number three comes at you, get out. I, I hope he's there. I think that'd be fun. Have you connected with any of these people outside of like the, like, have you become like, uh, well, you don't do social media, but like. The ones I've competed in? Yeah, like texting no. buddies. 4chan no. chat rooms. No, I've just looked up their stuff on the chess federation, looked fun. up their opponents and stuff. Got are their you, social, their address. Are you through your chess books already? No, no Because these people need to know if you have different stuff coming. You what if you, what if you said something about me using a board while I read it? Yeah, that was me. I was like, as soon as I saw it, so Brandon, Brandon sends us a picture of three. Did you get them for Christmas? Yeah. So Brandon got three chess books for Christmas, and as soon as I saw him, I just got the image of you <laughs> with all three of them open to like a certain page and a chessboard yeah. right in front of you. Definitely at least one at, the, at a time with a chessboard, yeah. And I imagine you with like a fedora, a pipe, like leaned mm, over with like too many things, like with one of the like Eureka, like, the little like tiny, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're, deep, you're deep in the chest trenches, and I appreciate it. That is yeah. true. John, what is your one for the people? Uh, I mean, appreciate the three points. Uh, look out for the eight ball this year. We're going to we're gonna do some do some numbers. Um, a little Christmas <laughs> recap. Got a sweet Jay Dilla biography book. I'm pretty excited nice. to crack open. Um, got me some really cool cards during the break. Got me a Halliburton, a Quentin Nelson autograph. So really good uh, little off break and excited for what we got planned, man. Um 
I know we want to get back to doing a lot of different stuff and implementing like live shows, interviews, those type of things. So just excited to see where we go. Yeah. Speaking of cards, anybody that is into cards, I opened a UFC hobby H2 box and saw gold. So when you see gold, it's out of 10, which mm-hmm. means there's only 10 of these cards in the world. Um, so like we're talking, if that would have been like an Alex Pineda gold, we're like talking five figures probably yeah. easily. I mean, you're, especially if it grades well, um, you know, you're really talking some pretty big money or, uh, I pulled the Ilya. Yeah. Like Ilya or like Bo, cause Bo's a rookie this mm-hmm. year. I'm trying to think of any like other big golds that would be in this. Um, that, I mean, that, that would be like five figures. Yeah. That that's probably it. Or not five, four. Unless you get like a Connor or somebody whose stuff always sells. Yeah, but it's a big deal. So like, yeah. so I open this pack and I see gold and I'm like, oh my God. My life's changed. All right, all right. So I'm starting to like take these deep breaths and I'm like, you know, you never know who it's going to be. And it's Tim Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> He's excited. Yeah. He's like, do you, I mean, do you want it? Probably uh. not even worth the gold that they use to like print on the card. <laughs> Oh, the disappointment. Uh, like, and, and, and to give you some context, uh, I also bought a couple boxes. Oh, yeah, And yeah. I pulled a Charles Oliveira autograph. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about your Ilya. Oh, no. I, I've done that before. I, I bought, um, a, a, I think it was just packs. I don't know if it was a full box. Yeah. But I pulled it out of 10 Ilya. So gold. you got a golden Ilya. Yeah, gold. and I have that on the tuck. So if he ends up winning... I might have a little bit of retirement. It's a rookie money. too, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I would get it graded now. Yeah, the last uh, before the fight, people will panic by it. Well, I think the last one graded at a ten sold for like four hundred some odd dollars. That's so. a, yeah, it's, so yeah, so maybe not like four figures for <laughs> Alex. Like I don't know if Alex is fetching you know twelve fifteen for a rookie or Bo, but if it's graded at a ten yeah. is what I'm meaning. But Tim Elliott is not <laughs> what you want to see. <laughs> well, let me tell you some other people I've pulled autographs of: Tank Abbott, yeah. uh, Gigi Chikatse. <laughs> Um, um, who else did I, who did I just pull? Um, I don't know. I had another one. I, it was red. So it was out of 99. Jessica Andrade. Um, yeah, I get, I get Tito Ortiz like, oh, yeah. it's just <laughs> so disappointing, but I had a, I saw red, which is, is out of 99. I saw rookie and I'm like, again, like, all right, here we go. And it was Miranda Maverick. So <laughs> you guys have like books with all these cards. Oh yeah. yeah. Boxes, books yeah, mine are and in more there. context. I, in that same box, I pulled a red Alex. <laughs> Yeah. Jeez. So that's yeah. just how the lucky you, you either you just, get somebody you never, you, know. you never know or doesn't even fight. Like you'll yeah. you might I mean you said you got like a Joanna. Yeah, I got a Joanna out of forty nine. When I'm just like, all right, you know, this should be another big one. Joanna mm. Young J check. But I'm the one I've also got hit with a lot of Tito and we were just talking the yeah. other day like he doesn't. He, you, Dana doesn't like him. He hasn't been acting. I, I've never, I don't even get like Chuck Liddell's or BJ Penn's. I just get nothing yeah. but Tito's. I get, dude. I get like. I think like my scene. I get like Chael and Tito a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like really. Like, now, now Chael, like that's that'd be cool if you got not, like a, not in 2023. It's not nothing. Not even if it's gold. You could probably have a one of one Chael from this year, and it's probably like. No, I'd be interested to see what that goes. Yeah, unless really? you're a rookie or like Sean O'Malley, like a hype Connor, guy. yeah. Even like Habib, he doesn't necessarily, his stuff doesn't always go crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, you, it's very niche to get high money cards. Whereas, like, with basketball, Shavkat and Hamza yeah. are two really big ones. And Yuri was for a little bit, and that kind of died down. Yeah. Obviously, that whole division mm-hmm. has been hard to have somebody maintain it. But yeah. And then, but then you randomly get guys too that are like just have a massive following, like, um, Bryce and, Mitchell. And they're, yeah, and their cards will just, like, you'll get the most random, like, the 15th rank guy will just have, like, create, because people just like him. Well, people were trying to collect the, because the Bryce Mitchell rookie, he was doing the Twister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people were trying to get, like, the rainbow of that, like, all the different the colors picture, and parallels. Yeah, the picture on the card was the Twister. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my, come back next week. We're, we're back in it, boys.
uh, uh, Magomed Ankalaev and Johnny Walker. And then, as I said, tease there. We'll give our predictions for 2024 and see if we can even come Figure close. something out. We'll recap our ones from last year, which I have a feeling is going to be pretty funny, too. Yeah. I haven't gone back and listened. I I'll have to go back midweek, but mm-hmm. I'm going to save that for later. We'll see you guys. Peace. Peace.